Hey, this is Frankie from the Girl Coach Podcast. Before we jump into today's episode, just wanted to take a moment to let you know that today's recording is a little different than usual. While we were very excited to record in person together, we did experience some technical difficulties and so apologize for the audio quality of this recording. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming next week. Uh, but until then, enjoy the beef episode. I'm Jay. I'm Wes. And I'm Frankie. Thank you for listening to the Grill Coach Podcast. Oh, yes, it's about that time to light it up and go outside. We're chilling, grilling up sides and drinks, rubs and recipes and cooking techniques. Outdoor cooking, grilling, smoke and barbecue. So much flavor to teach and learn and share with you. Grill Coach's Podcast to level up your Welcome to the Grill Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Jay, and I'm here live with our co-hosts, Frankie and Wes. What's up, guys? This is a first. Hey, Jay. I'm excited. Hello, hello, hello. So today we have a big, big episode, and today we're talking about beef. You know, beef is just one of the quintessential barbecue and grilling items it's a it's a pretty significant meat right very significant we i like think of it as date night food you don't just serve up chicken for date night yeah, you, you serve yeah. up beef always always score the good points with a good steak <laughs> chicken is uh is a weekday food right yeah, that's the everyman food yeah yeah beef is we we got to be careful. We're not going to talk about chicken on the beef, beef episode. Okay, <laughs> we got to be real careful. Okay, no wings talk, no wings, and no chicken skin. I'm I'm looking at you, Frankie. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we will be talking about different beef dishes, uh, barbecue beef items, and some of our favorite ways that we prepare beef. But first, let's check in with our co-host and let's talk about some grilling highlights. So my, my grilling highlight this week is not really cooking related. So I kind of wanted to point out something crazy that I, I discovered and I shared, you know, I shared this with you guys, but I want to share it on the show here. Um, the, the site that hosts our podcast gives us statistics. And on those statistics, we have a... Uh, uh, it kind of shows where people download and listen to our show. And um, I would expect that our home cities would kind of, you know, be in the top, you know, the top ranking cities, I guess. So uh, me and Jay are based out of Fresno, California, and there are a significant number of listeners from Fresno. Thanks, family and friends. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Frankie's uh, in San Diego, and we do have a significant amount of listeners in San Diego. Thank you, folks. And uh, so, but what was interesting to me is, you know, in the top five most downloaded cities, if, if you will, is uh, Anchorage, Alaska is in our top five. Woo woo. Yeah. So uh, I just want to say, first of all, thank you for listening all the way up there in Anchorage, Alaska. And uh, we want to know, like we were talking about this before the show too, uh, what is, or what makes a, a Alaskan barbecue? So a uh, Please, somebody from Anchorage, please write in. Um, please write in and tell us what Anchorage, Alaska barbecue means to you. And uh, also, also in the uh, the top cities, I also want to shout out our international listeners. Um, we have 
um, Sydney, Australia, also checking in with a very significant amount of listeners. So I wow. want to shout you guys out there. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Yes, thank you all down under. <laughs> I just lost all our listeners. <laughs> and so just like Alaska, uh, you know, tell us what uh, Australian barbecue means to you. Because um, I see you guys on Instagram. You guys really know how to barbecue down there. Killing it. You know, there's quite a few personalities that are on Instagram and things like that. And actually, one of the women from Australia, I think she's based out of Texas now. Her name is Jess Priles. And she sells some rubs, and I have some of her rubs in my cabinet. And uh, they say that the Australian barbecue, it parallels to what's going on here in the States, especially, at least on the competition side. And so, uh, you know, hey, maybe we can hear from anybody competing down there and see what's going on down there. Yeah, that would be super interesting. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. So what about your highlight, Frankie? Uh, so let's see. I My highlight this week is something I want to try out making. Uh, I just heard about this the other day uh, through my, uh, my sister's husband. Uh, so thank you in advance for the tip. <laughs> uh, he's talking about they make a uh, chorizo burger. So it's like ah. half and half this uh, like high fat beef and some chorizo, um, and it sounds absolutely delightful. Mm. He also mentioned this chorizo cheese block, which I'm gonna have to get into. I'll report back on that. Wow, <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, that sounds really exciting, so I'm eager to give that a try. <laughs> chorizo flavor is pretty, pretty great. Yeah, yeah, it's one, it's definitely one of my favorites. I love sneaking that in anywhere I, that I can, so I hadn't thought a burger. Makes so, sense. so for those that may are, that may be listening that might not know what chorizo is, could you explain a little bit about that? So, well, I'm not exactly sure what chorizo is, but <laughs> except that it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're fortunate here in California to uh, have a great uh, selection of uh, Mexican food here, and uh, chorizo is like a, a Mexican sausage, right? Exactly. Yeah. Very, very um, flavorful, heavy spice, heavy fat. Um, I mean, it's absolutely delicious. I usually, it's usually a breakfast food, um, so I've never moved it to an evening food, but it seems like a perfect <laughs> way to do that. There, there's no rules when chorizo no is involved. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's kind of like cooks up like a ground beef almost, right? It's not a sausage like you might put on a bun. Exactly. So it's like, um, yeah, it's usually, like, depending on where you can get it, it's like but in a casing, so you can... Cut that open and get it, and it works just, yeah, just like almost a sausage, yeah. a ground sausage. Great. By the way, why is bacon a breakfast food? Just wondering. Never mind. No, yeah. it's not. No. Okay. No pork. Okay. Oh, <laughs> hey, yeah. Thanks, Frankie. We got to keep Jay in check. <laughs> All right. My grilling highlight is a story that I got from a babysitter that my children used to go to. So Wes, his children, and our other friend Ryan. And yes, Ryan, I'll call you out on this podcast. His daughter, Ellie, goes to this daycare as well. So Ellie and Wes's daughter, Evelyn, are on there. And what we're going to do for you guys, we're going to play this up and try to really get you to understand the scene here that we got through text. And Frankie will play the babysitter. Wes will play Evelyn, his daughter. And I will play Ellie, Ryan's daughter. So I'll do my best Evelyn impression then. And I will do my best Ellie impression. All right. So I'm going to set up the scene for you. Ellie and Evelyn are at the table eating barbecue hot dogs for lunch. Barbecue hot dogs? Never mind. It's probably a grilled item. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> the best thing I've ever eaten is Jay's ribs. Jay is a great cook. 
So is your dad, Evelyn. And not to leave out Ryan, Ellie, your dad cooks an amazing tri-tip. Well, Ryan cooks terrible chicken. It's uncooked and chewy. Evelyn, let's be nice. I'm sure Ryan's chicken was good. No, really, Ellie. My dad and Jay cook way better. Don't wave your finger in my face. The best thing I've ever eaten is Jay's wings. He just made some wings for my mom's birthday and we had a whole platter and it was amazing. These kids. So we are really grateful to have this babysitter in our lives and she's uh, my friends and I. She's uh, taking care of our kids for a lot of years and we're really grateful. But, you know, our children actually... They pay attention, I guess, to what we cook. We're creating memories. Yeah, some more impressionable than others, I guess. <laughs> and maybe we need to help Ryan cook some chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I know he does do a good Korean short rib with some burnt arm hairs, though. Yeah. Know, but... Yeah, those are good. <laughs> Wes, you're going to have to give us a, a Korean short rib recipe one of these days. Yeah. Not today. Yeah. We're talking about beef. Well, hey, Korean Kore- short ribs are beef. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Impromptu <laughs> recipe. Where's that? Pure, 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 pure. <laughs> the more we know. So you get that another time. All right. So, you know, hopefully you guys enjoyed those highlights. And uh, let's get to listener questions. I want to take the time to thank listeners for reaching out and getting those questions to us. We are... Uh, we are appreciative that we can just be able to help and anything that we can learn about and help out. We're here for you guys. So reach out to the and hit us with those questions. So the first question we got today is uh, we, we talked about a few episodes back about fish markets and where we shop and, and we got a listener question. What fish markets do we actually shop at? So uh, Frankie, you probably have a, uh, uh, pretty nice because you've mentioned you just go down to the docks for your for your seafood. Can you can you tell us where you shop for seafood? Yeah, I mean for special occasions, I'll you know I'll go down to the dock and try to find something from like a local fisherman. We have a lot of different boats that come in and out, and they have like uh, a, a, they set up one of the boardwalks or walkways uh, like with Fenderbrook. So it's almost like a farmer's market uh, that you can get with fish, which is really cool. Uh, but most often than not. If, if more for something like during the day or the week, I go to Zion's market. It's like an Asian specialty market and they sell whole fish and they break it down and they clean it for you and they can even cut it if you want, uh, however way you like it. I really like it. So it's super, super easy and efficient, easy to use. How about you guys? Well, you did say special occasions. That's not date night. Date night is for beef. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might need something to side with the beef, you know, yeah. surf and turf. Surf and turf. Yeah, we need shrimp. beef first. Some shrimps or yeah, maybe even lobster if it's really special. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So in, in Fresno here, uh, I like to shop at Central Fish downtown. And uh, I, I would consider them the kind of the premier fish market in Fresno. Yeah, I didn't even realize the name was Central Fish. I just called the fish market and just go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to me, that's the only place in town that I really you know shop for fish. Excellent smell when you get in there. You know you're, you're dealing with a fish market. Definitely. Take a number. And they got all kinds of things that they just brought in. And I find that they're quick, helpful, and uh, just a, a wonderful place, I guess, if you're into seafood. And they're, they're a small little grocery store, too. So if you're uh, looking for some exotic items, um, they're kind of an Asian-themed grocery store. Nice. 
Cool. So the the second question is, uh, how long do you add smoke to a cook? Oh, this is touchy. Because I don't know if we agree on this one. <laughs> so, Jay, how, how long do you add smoke to a cook? You know, I'm a one-chunk guy. <laughs> That's what I can say. Even if I'm doing a long cook, I might do like a two-chunk. But I'm getting the, the chunks that you get from Home Depot or a place of that nature, and I'm putting one or two chunks. But I feel like you don't need a whole lot of smoke. I think your protein is only going to take so much smoke when you're doing it. So, what about you, Frankie? Uh, I mean, I would be more inclined to. Well, to, well I haven't added, like I still haven't added actual wood to like a cook yet. So what? what? I'm still working on lump charcoal. I got away from the propane. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're using lump charcoal, right? Yeah. So I'm using lump charcoal. Um. So I'm. I'm that's put, putting on some flavor, which definitely. Yeah. So it's just already more than I'm used to. So. That's been helpful, but uh, I think it, it has to do with protein at some point too, right? We've discussed like some proteins take it on better uh, or more efficiently and then some like don't, but at some point you have to stop, right? Yeah. So Jay, I'm not going to have to come across this table at you, I guess. So I think we're in agreement. We we both use, ching, well, ching. I, I use one chunk usually. Okay. And uh, can you talk, because I learned this from you and I, I would like you to explain it. Can you, can you talk a little bit more about like how you use it and when you add it? So I like to put my protein on as cold as possible. And I learned from amazing ribs. I quote that guy a lot. He's a real good dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, and something he said stuck in my mind, smoke is attracted to cold and wet surfaces. So I try to put something on as cold as possible. And especially when I'm getting a clean burn in the beginning, that's when I try to get the maximum amount of smoke on there. That smoke ring that you see when you have finished picks and stuff like that, that smoke ring only penetrates the meat so far. So it's like, it's not really going through the whole thing. So, uh, yeah, I'm doing it sort of right at the beginning. And then the rest of that, I'm not really worried about. One of the things I'm worried about during a cook, is getting something where the the smoke or the chunk is smoldering and then you get the bad smoke and so now i worry about that more than anything before i used to cook and try to do that throughout the cook and then sometimes in the middle there you get that real kind of ugly smoke that you don't want to want to on there so so you're going to let that chunk uh, kind of burn down right yeah i want to see it flaming i want to see it flaming and almost you want that chunk to turn into charcoal. You almost don't even want to see that wood anymore, you know. Um, and then that's when you would add the protein? Add the protein, yeah. So your, your charcoal hot and ready and good to go, then you add your wood, let that go, and then you add your protein. Right. Frankie, you should check out the article smoke that I wrote on our on the grilling, the grillcoach.com. I, I will give that another pass. <laughs> <laughs> see, not only the listeners don't read it, this guy didn't read it either. I read this gimmick. So if I understood you correctly, a good guideline then, you know, if I'm using like a fist size chunk of wood would be to maybe make sure that uh, is fully um, like charred up before I put the protein on then. Yeah, for sure. One of the things I know when cooking in my drum, if it starts to catch fire and then I'll put the lid on, the oxygen in the vessel will 
come down and then all of a sudden now I'm getting puffy white heavy smoke that I don't want anymore and that tells me that that wood chunk hasn't burned enough yet and so I want to make sure I'm getting it burned enough so that way it doesn't break down like that. So the next question we got is um, regarding high altitude cooking. So are there any, so I'm assuming this is in reference to how difficult it is to start a fire. Well, high altitude, there's less oxygen. Yep. And I'm not sure what else is going on in here. Yeah. I was going to ask like what, I've never cooked in high altitude, not so, but I always know that it's different. Like baking instructions come differently for like high altitude cooking and stuff like that. So I've always been curious about what the difference is. I don't know. So Jay, you and I kind of experienced this maybe a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. We were out at a, not camping. Let's get it wrong. No, we, I sleep in a, a building, but. <laughs> it's my, camp, my kind of camping. <laughs> but yeah. I remember we had problems starting a fire. That's kind of about what I remember of it. I remember having difficulty starting the fire, but once we got it going, I don't remember the cook being really that much different. Do you? No, no. I, I just remember it being hard to get to get going. And so maybe, and I know I didn't have my tools. I didn't have my electric ring, you know, or stuff like that. But I don't know. I've kind of vaguely remember now kind of lighting the fire and then it's sort of simmering out. Yeah. I I remember me doing a lot of that. Ah, <laughs> that's what I don't remember. <laughs> I remember lighting that chimney a couple times and thinking, what the heck's going on? How, this should be lit already. So what would you suggest for next time? More fuel. No, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm kind of unprepared for this question, to be honest. You need two lighter cubes. You can't two just lighter do it. Two lighter cubes at least. We, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> being too stingy with those cubes <laughs> well you know what maybe uh maybe one of our listeners that maybe live in a high altitude maybe they have suggestions for us too colorado yeah anchorage is anchorage, anchorage high high no, altitude? i think anchorage is at sea level oh dang <laughs> sorry anchorage. thanks for listening <laughs> and the last question we've got is uh do you cut rib tips prior to cooking most definitely mm, i don't do that Oh, really? well, I do. Wow. Okay, so we disagree. Well, one of the reasons why I do is because I treat the ribs and the rib tips as a different meat. And so I'll cook them similar to each other, but I feel like they cook at a different rate. And so I can kind of tell where things are ready with the ribs and things are ready with the rib tips. So you cook, so you chop the rib tips up prior to cooking them? No, no, no. I take the rib tips off of the spare rib. Oh, yeah. Same. I, I do the same thing. I guess I misunderstood you. So we cut them off, but we do not chop them up. Would there ever be a a, a reason to do that? I, and I asked because I was, was listening to uh, Malcolm Reed's podcast. Okay. And he was talking about, um, or maybe I was watching one of his YouTube videos. I That's a good dude right there, but anyways. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he was making uh, burnt ends. Okay. With pig skin uh, or a pig belly, um, but he chopped them all up before, and he said that it was good to help get some um, bark formation all around and mm. everything, and glaze and sauce development. That's um, a good point. Would any of that apply here? Well, I could see how that could work. I think it'd be a pain in the butt trying to manage a bunch of cubes of rib tips, but if if you cook them in a pan or something, 
Yeah, I was just going to say that. Maybe maybe he's cooking them in a pan. Did he mention that? Uh, he had them on top of a, a like a, a wire rack. Okay. Uh, so that he was like, he said it was, and it was particularly easy, uh, easier that way because he could take it and move it off the grill all in one foul swoop. So. Yeah, because if you're doing that right on the grill grate, you're spending a lot of time kind of managing those and picking those up and organizing them. Yeah. And you know what happens when you do that? Dude, you start burning arm hairs off, right? Yeah, you do. <laughs> so here's a pro tip. Don't reach over your fire. If you're cooking direct, indirect, I'm only saying this because I know a certain person on this team had this problem the other day and should know better. It wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, who are you talking about? <laughs> but when you set up your fire for direct and indirect, when you're picking things up, you shouldn't. You should stand on the side so you're not reaching over the hot fire. It's good advice. <laughs> it is. I, I just realized now that that makes a lot of sense. I'm doing this wrong. I have really small backyard patio, so I, I think I would just turn the grill this way and be a lot easier. I'm always reaching over that fire, trying to hang that the lid. <laughs> well, I did it and burned the heck out of myself. Well, like, what am I doing? Why don't I just stand on this side? Man, we've all done that. <laughs> How about when you're cooking and you open a lid or something like that and you get that rush of heat in your face and the smoke and stuff like that? Mm, delicious. What do you do? Like, no, no, where it's like just in your eyes, it start to burn. What do you do? Make a stupid face <laughs> and hope nobody's looking. I calmly just close my eyes and let the smoke pass. Like, okay. Smoke facial. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right, let's get back to beef. Yeah, let's, let's talk about beef finally. Jeez. All right. So, you know what, guys, real quick, tell me how often do you cook beef? Both of you guys. You go first, Ray. Uh, I would say I cook beef mm, probably like two times a week outside. Maybe like a burger or a steak. Uh, I'll, I'll take out there. So, about two times a week, yeah. Wow. Okay. Wes? I, about only the, two of us, so. About the same. I do, yeah. Once, maybe two times a week. I guess. All right. How about you? You know, beef is date night food. I don't think I have a, that many dates like you guys. It's not in the budget? <laughs> I've been married too long. You know, we don't do that many dates. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm probably about once a week or once every other week. Yeah. So, but when it is, I try to make it a big deal for sure. Beef is expensive, right? Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. And you do make a big deal of it when you do it. Beef ribs always look good. Yes. Yeah, you do brisket a lot too. And brisket. Oh, so delicious. I need to put some brisket on a biscuit? <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop thinking about when Big Perb said that. Episode seven. Yeah, I want that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a quick commercial break, guys. And, uh, you know, visit thegrillcoach.com. And please uh, don't forget to support us on our Patreon. We have some gifts there for you, and uh, keep a lookout for any new posts. And uh, Frankie, don't forget to read our blog, dude. <laughs> At thegrillcoach.com. Asking questions for our listeners. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Hey, Jay, I'll be in Tennessee soon, but I only have one day to be in town, and I want some excellent Southern barbecue. You got any suggestions? Wes, you can't just go any old place. You represent us at thegrillcoach.com. Wes, I got the perfect place for you. I met this guy on Instagram years ago. He has a great soul 
great passion for just the art of barbecue. Nobody cooks like this dude. Super innovative. And I, I guarantee you, you're going to get some great stuff. Let me get him on the line. Hey, Perm. Yo, what's up? This is Big Perm, El Jefe of the Barbecue Community, Azilla's Pit Barbecue. Man, I'm known to cook some of the best brisket, best ribs, and rib tips in Nashville, Tennessee. Man, my wife made the amazing size with a brisket macaroni cheese, baked beans, and a plethora of other things. Man, we got a nice 20-foot trailer with the smoke on the back so you're gonna see and smell us when we come. My main thing is the dish. If I won't feed to my grandmother, I darn sure won't feed it to you. So you absolutely know you're gonna get the best cue in Nashville. So when you need to come to Tennessee, you know who you need to see, the one and only. Zilla's Pit Barbecue. That sounds incredible. I'll be sure to bring my appetite. I see a food coma in my future. Wait, you mean to tell me I can eat this and that all at the same place? I gotta go. How do I find you? Man, you can go on to our social media page. Really, the main one is the Instagram page at Zilla's Pit Barbecue. Or you can go on to our website and hit up our pop-up links at zillaspitbarbecue.com. Main thing is... We usually try to get you out ahead of schedule so you can plan your date around our pop-up locations. So there ain't no way you can miss us. And my motto is, don't meet us there, beat us there to make sure you get your seat in the line. Sounds like another great suggestion from the Grill Coach team. For more great suggestions, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or even visit thegrillcoach.com. Welcome back to the Grill Coach Podcast. Thank you for listening. Today's episode is the beef episode. I'm going to talk about two of my favorite beef items that I cook. And one is brisket. The other one is beef rib. Both of these are very similar in the fact that they are big items. I would say they're not something small to purchase. You're going to get a lot of food out of it. Anytime I get beef ribs or brisket, it is kind of pricey and it produces a lot of food. So, uh, but uh, I got some beef lovers in the house. I got two young sons that are growing up and those growing boys. And so uh, we love the brisket and the beef ribs. Real quick, uh, guys, have you guys cooked brisket yet? No, not yet. So I'm working on it. I've done brisket several times. I've never been proud of it though. You know, uh, Dr. Barbecue, his name is Ray Lampy. He just opened a restaurant in Florida. I heard one of his best advice one time to a guy cooking brisket. Cause he said, you just really have to experience it before you can really start learning about it. So he told this guy, go cook 30 briskets and then let's talk. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that's definitely not in my budget right now. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, with brisket for sure, there is, it's an intimidating meat and especially in barbecue and smoking, it's probably the pinnacle of like trying to be uh, any kind of barbecue or smoking person. Um, brisket is a lot of preparation, a lot of preparation. There's a good video of you prepping a brisket on our YouTube, by the way. Awesome. But you know, I do a little different because I did split the brisket and uh, you know, maybe I can talk about that for a minute. Brisket is made of two muscles. One is the flat and the other is the point. The flat is going to be very lean, but it has incredible beef flavor. 
I feel like nothing tastes more like beef and that umami sensation than a beef flat. You know, it's cooked really well. And when you cook it really well, it's very tender. But it's like, it's probably worse than chicken breasts. I'm trying to get it right. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty bold statement. <laughs> I, I would agree with that too, by the way. <laughs> it is tough. The, the, there's a huge fat layer that separates the two muscles. And when you see a brisket that's uncooked, that's usually why the brisket stands so tall because of that fat layer in between them. And the other portion is the point. That point is like beef gold. I just, I feel like that's the only reason why to cook a brisket sometimes is just so you can eat that point. <laughs> the point is layered and so marbled with fat. And it's, it's like a chicken thigh, you know, that uh, you can, it, it's easy to get that one right. It's easy to cook that <laughs> one well. Maybe that's why I liked that better than my flat. Yes. It's the only reason why to cook brisket sometimes. <laughs> can, can you buy just the point? I've heard of it being sold like that. I haven't really seen it too often. And you think, um, I know you've explained it before on why you separate the brisket that way, but why do you do that again for those who may have not listened to that episode? So I, uh, I just cooked another brisket the other day and I didn't separate them. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> did you did you control your temps like Perm suggested? I cooked it on my Traeger, so yes, <laughs> it went about two twenty five for probably ten hours. Wow! Yeah, but what I did is that huge fat layer. I actually trimmed out a lot of that fat layer, but I didn't separate them this time, and then I laid it back. And really, what I was trying to do is get the height of the brisket from front to back the same height because I had to go to work. So I put that bad boy on in the morning and I didn't want to have to worry about it. And so, uh, it, it was, uh, the Traeger runs like a, a machine. It does really well with that. And so it, it produced great bark, great flavor and, uh, believe it or not. So, so brisket is the Texas kind of a thing, right? Brisket is, Aaron Franklin, the home of brisket, the guy who just got put in the barbecue hall of fame, you know, he makes that, he has the master class, you know, amazing, right? Actually, so me separating a brisket, I learned it from a Texas guy. Huh. Yeah, put him on blast right now. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a competition cook, his name is Fred Robles, and he was doing a seminar and, in Palm Springs. And he basically talked about in the seminar that he would remove a lot of that fat layer. And that's why he would then, he would not separate the brisket, but he'd remove a lot back, a lot of the fat and then fold it back together like I did. For me, when I saw him do that, I'm like, well, I might as well just separate it now because I can maximize the bark. That's your original question, Frankie. Yeah. Right. So it's like now I got instead of one piece of meat with bark around, now I got two pieces of meat with more bark. And that bark is that flavor. Yeah, everybody wants to eat that bark. Yeah. yeah. Give me that little crunchy piece on the end. That's what I usually hear a lot of times. <laughs> That's my wife talking. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, you know, I want to encourage you to eventually to cook brisket and uh, give it a try again. And for sure, um, you know, try to capture some of that, some of that magic, you know. And, uh, and I know even if your house doesn't eat a lot of beef, 
but it usually produces enough, but um, you can freeze some of that. And I've served some friends, I think served you, Frankie, some ribs <laughs> that I had frozen in my freezer for about three months. <laughs> <laughs> and he loved them. So, yeah. I mean, the ribs are delicious. <laughs> I, I've done that with uh, pulled pork too. I mean, you know, I'm sorry, guys, but this is beef episode. <laughs> <laughs> but you can take something that you cook, vacuum pack it or whatever, yes. put it in the freezer, and that smoke flavor, I feel like that remains and the tenderness that remains too. So the other thing I want you to think about brisket is the yield. This is the other problem with brisket is that one, it's super expensive, two, it yields very little. In comparison so whatever you see the brisket you're gonna get 50% of what that poundage is of that brisket so if you buy a 14 pound uh -oh. brisket you can expect seven pounds of meat Wow so brisket's a fun cook and it's definitely challenging and uh, the more you do it the better you get at it kind of like anything so write in your questions about cooking brisket be glad to help on those so my favorite uh, my favorite beef thing I guess would be tri-tip you know, yeah. being from the uh, California Central Valley, tri-tip's really big here. And, um, I, man, I love it. It's, I know I talk about it a lot. We talk about it on this show a lot. It may not be relatable to some of our listeners, but if you could find a tri-tip and, uh, and cook it, you know, reverse sear like we talk about, man, it does not disappoint. Are they eating tri-tip in Anchorage, Alaska? I, I want to know. I want to know, too. You guys got to <laughs> <laughs> delicious it's uh jay you mentioned it's not really a steak it's not really a true like roast it's kind of something in between you know i don't know that's what i i never really kind of figure out what to do with that thing but when i treated it like more like a steak i like the outcome better but i think it's very versatile you can cook it the way you want to i know my mom chopped up a tri-tip and cooked it in like a taco meat and oh. it was delicious yeah, we've, we've done chili with that, too, and, yeah, that's good that way. But um, my favorite way is just, man, it's just reverse seared and then sliced, and then we eat that with uh, my wife makes a sauce for that. It's delicious. Mm. I love the tri-tip tri -tip sandwich. Yeah. Probably I could eat little on that forever. Yeah, that's a good way to eat tri -tip. You said that about chicken wings. Oh, we're talking about chicken again. <laughs> I'm trying. I need lots of options for my only food forever. <laughs> Your forever food changes. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, this steaks are another thing. I know Frankie, you and I were talking about this before the show. Um, we both kind of share. And Jay, I know you love steaks too. Absolutely, man. So, Frankie, what what's your cut of choice for steaks? So I'm. It goes back and forth between a ribeye. I love ribeye. I love all that fat in there. It's really good. Um, but probably New York strip is what I go to most uh, just because it's it's just easier for me to work with. Like I know how it's going to cook, how it needs to be cooked, what it's going to look like when it's going to be done, what it's going to taste like. Uh, so that's that's always a, a good favorite of mine. What is it about the New York that you like uh, compared to maybe the ribeye? Mm, I think just the evenness in in which it cooks um and it's really easy to present too i'm all about trying to play with the food that looks really nice especially in cooking a steak um and then it's just really uniform for it to work with ribeye kind of it if you're not careful with it on the grill it kind of falls apart a little bit mm, yeah hey on that steak frankie do you like to do bone in on the ribeye on the bone in on the new york uh on the new york uh i i haven't 
before now. Th- that's like the Jay. You're talking about like a porterhouse, right? Where you've got the uh, porterhouse is a is the New York on one side and the fillet on the other, right? Yep. Is is that what a T bone is too? Do you know? I think so. I think they're synonymous. Synonymous. <laughs> You need a little sound clip of that. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, what's your what's your cut of choice when eating steak? It's not just the ribeye, but it's just the ribeye, the cap, the spinalis part. And it's just the outside of it, you know, so you, the most decadent piece of the ribeye, right? Yeah. The one I just feels like I should not be eating this right now because it's <laughs> it's too decadent. So Costco started selling just that portion. Oh man! Oh, oh dude, it was so good, so delicious. That was a a birthday buy that I did last time. Date night, right? Yeah. Yeah, date night for my birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of been my favorite. But I, I'm still a ribeye guy, and and I, and I think it's if it wasn't for that spinalis part, I'm willing to deal with all the rest of it, you know. And it's still good, but that part right there. Blows a New York out of the water. Why? Why do you say it blows a New York, New York out of the water? Because I get I get a different texture from like, you know, I, I consider them two wildly different pieces of or two cuts of meat. So you've got the ribeye, which to me tastes completely different than say a New York. The textures, the textures different. Even the beef flavor to me is different on the on the ribeye versus the New York. Hmm. You make a good point about that because I think about that about the filet mignon. I don't like the fillets at all. I'm I'm not into it either. Unless they're bacon wrapped. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, this is the beef episode. You need to stay away from pork. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. But it does def- definitely has a different flavor. But maybe, maybe you know, so many times I've had New Yorks because they were out of ribeyes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm extremely satisfied. One steak. We're going to go back in time. Wes, you and I, we were with our friends in L.A. And I feel like still that was one of the best steaks I ever had. But Cooked on the gas grill? On the gas grill. <laughs> <laughs> That's that story you keep, you've referred to a couple times now, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, this is a different one. This one is L.A. The other one was in Solving. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, okay, I'm with you now. All these vacations you guys go on, they'll not call nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Frankie. You, you'll get okay, invited to the next one. We didn't know one. each other, yeah. <laughs> So, but these, I remember going to Costco and trying to buy the entire roast. Because, especially if you want bang for your buck, prime meat, and when you go to Costco, it's in the blue package. You want to buy the whole prime roast, and you can just cut your own steaks. You can cut them as thick as you want. And so I remember that time we got a strip loin and it was prime. And uh, I know I just remember that stack of steaks after we were done. Yeah, that's so decadent. And, and I remember that we were on the back patio overlooking the Hollywood Hills of L.A. Gas grill fired up. We used a cast iron pan cast iron. And, and seared up with some butter and stuff like that. Yep. Just salt, pepper, butter. Oh. Yeah, beers on the deck out there overlooking the... Yeah, that was perfect, man. Yeah, that was so good. All my best steaks are on gas grills. <laughs> so remember. See, I think you just need to get a gas grill. <laughs> hey, 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 hold on, hold on. 
for testing purposes. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. All right. Whoever sponsored me. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Frankie, what are some other beef items that you enjoy eating? Uh, well, you know, uh, a burger is like one of my comfort foods. Oh, you know, man. you can't. I forgot about the burger. Yeah. And we're doing the reverse of your burger this Dang. month. We yeah, forgot. you're right. You're right. I, you know, burger is its own food group to me. Oh, man. <laughs> I hear that, especially when you mix it with chorizo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Soon. You know what? One of, one of my friends, older guy, he's local here. I saw him the other day, and he just looked at me. He said, that market trim, that market trim was right on. <laughs> That's a pro tip, right? Uh, yeah. What was that? Episode one or two? We Something talked about the market trim. Yeah. One or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, oh, my wife picked that up from the bonds and it was great. You know, they said it's good in everything. Mark, market trim. Yeah. Yeah. And the burgers are also just an excellent vessel for like anything else you kind of want to incorporate into it. And toppings and sauces and goodness. So what's your favorite burger? I mean, b besides your future self telling you the Teresa burger. Oh, yeah, because I already know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I love a good, uh, like, like a good barbecue Western burger. So like bacon, some good barbecue sauce, some onion rings. Some onion rings. Find it. Mm, that's probably, like, my overly indulgent, like, splurge. Otherwise, I'm going, like, super classic. Just, like, so cheese, yes or no? Uh, yes, yes. Every time? Not every time. I don't think I have like a rule on when not to. American? Um, mm, I like cheddar. Mm. Yeah. Jay? Dude, it's, you need the cheese, man. It's American? It don't matter. Because I can do the jack, the jack cheese. <laughs> you know, we can mess around with any kind of cheese. As long as I got something there that's... How do you guys feel about... Very mushy, melty. Blue cheese on beef in general. So good. Right? Blue what is it is about awesome. blue cheese and beef? Yeah. I don't know. I think they just complement each other really well. Yeah. yeah. Dang. That makes my mouth water. Just yeah, I know. <laughs> I had a friend in college went to me a Guinness burger with blue cheese on top. Oh, blue cheese man. on top. And that was the first time I like had that combo. I and need, it blew my mind. I need this in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Blue your mind? Blue cheese? Yeah. Blue your mind? Boom. I see what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> How come I don't buy more blue cheese for my house? I don't know. Dang. Get on that. You know what? Kids like blue cheese? My, mm, my wife like doesn't. Oh, okay. Well, that's why. She says it smells like dead ants. Dead <laughs> <laughs> ants? I get the feet one at my house. Yeah, it oh. smells Sanks. like feet. Yeah, it's okay. good. Why are you smelling feet? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not supposed to know what certain things smell like. <laughs> it's 2020, man. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick, what kind of leftover ideas might you have for? Guys, so that's a that's a good good question. I've got um, I saw this thing from uh, Patty. Patty cooks a lot on Instagram, and she made this, uh, this. What caught my eye was the picture. Naturally, the picture, of course. I spend a lot of time on Instagram, and I probably shouldn't because I get insanely hungry all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she posted this breakfast sandwich with leftover tri-tip. I know we mentioned leftovers. Mm. Um, Man, this thing looked outrageous. So she did uh, leftover tri-tip on like an English muffin with, you know, your your eggs and your cheese. But then the kicker was, and I know I apologize in advance. This is uh, pork related. But she did a uh, bacon in 
the oven with a cocoa powder and a uh, barbecue rub. And the one that she mentioned is like the infidel rub. I've, I've never, I've never had that one, but uh, man, her picture, her picture was amazing. And uh, the, the cocoa powder on the bacon seemed like something unique. And I have never really, uh, I've never really seen before. So that kind of intrigued me. I, I think I want to try it. And I think, I think the chocolate might go good. That kind of flavor profile might go good with the beef. What do you guys think? Oh, wow. That looks delicious. It looks amazing. Wow. You're right. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I've never tried the cocoa powder on something like that, but I imagine it would be good. I mean, but, uh, Going back, uh, I want to I want to highlight something here. Uh, Jay, you taught me this, and it's um, I think we should share it with everybody. Uh, reheating beef, now, reheating beef is is difficult, right? You don't want to microwave it because it gets very tough, and uh, to me, it gets just kind of a weird. It turns into leather right away. Yeah, unless you do it for like five seconds, and it's like, and it's not really hot though, right? <laughs> um, but you taught me that. Uh, reheat beef. You know this works great for tri-tip and steaks. It's not gonna, it's not gonna be the like the the night of the cook good, but I would say it's a good 80 percent there. You just use a little bit of olive oil in a frying pan, right? Mm, yep. And then just refry it up. Yep. I, I did not know that, and I was reheating beef in the microwave like a fool for a long time. Oh. I've never done that. I that to me seems like I was just really cooking it. So it like take it past the point of it being boilable and it does. But I guess the microwave's gonna do that too. So Yeah. But you have a little more control on the on the pan. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you have access to it, a sous vide machine also works fantastic to reheat barbecue. Yeah. That seems like a lot. It is it is quite a production to reheat <laughs> stuff reheat. like that, but it does an excellent job at it. Do we have to do a sous vide episode one day? Oh, I'm down. Yeah. We I need an that. excuse to buy a sous vide. <laughs> you you know so back to the leftovers and i'll just throw this out there the term leftovers is just so bad connotation right yeah yeah but i think that barbecue anything that you put smoke on sometimes the next day it seems to taste better to me yeah you make a good point i think so too i don't know maybe it's because i didn't like Spend all the time cooking it and this and that or whatever. Now I can just pull it out, put it in a frying pan real quick and eat it up. But uh, but sometimes I feel like, man, this is was this this good yesterday? You know, what's your favorite uh, leftover barbecue meal? Pork shoulder, just especially because you don't even need like you don't even need a lot of like oil or in the pan or whatever. This is for the beef episode. Hangs head down in shame. <laughs> let me let me rephrase that. What is your favorite leftover beef dish, Frankie? <laughs> oh dang. <laughs> um, there's not usually a lot of leftover beef in my house when it's made, but um, I would say, oh, you know, I love to repurpose um like a hamburger patty for like a breakfast burger. Oh yeah, yeah that, that's a good one. Patty, yeah, I also learned a term uh. Early, early in this year or last year, uh, from this author, I can't remember his name, but he wrote a book called The 90 Day Cooking Challenge. And you essentially like cook every meal for 30 days. It's incredibly hard and difficult, but there's a term he talks about nextovers. 
It's much better use of for leftovers than I think. So not I really. Just... Not really. Oh, dang. No. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't really sound. No, Didn't because... feel that. Raise your hand if you think he's right. I'm just saying. Because <laughs> you, you cook them with the intentional purpose to repurpose it. Mm. Like prep. Like food prep. No, meal prep. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. I, yeah, I... I... I do that sometimes. I'll make bar. I'll make a lot of food for the week, and then with the intent of just reheating it during the week. Yeah, brisket works well like that for me in my house too, mm. because um, there's so I, many different ways to put that brisket into something else. So y- you gave me some leftovers of brisket the other day, and uh, I repurposed it. Oh, all right. I uh, I didn't see it on Instagram. No, I should post it though. Uh, okay. I ended up putting it in some instant noodles. Uh, oh wow! And it, uh, man, it was good. That's a great, that's a great idea. That smoke flavor in the meat will flavor that broth. Yeah, it did. Ooh. It was very intense. Nice. Yeah, I'll have to post that. All idea. right. Well, you know what, guys? I I really love talking about beef. I feel like after this episode, just like the pork and the chicken one, I'm gonna say, dang, there were so many other things I wanted to talk about. But we will revisit this uh, in an upcoming episode for sure. Yeah, too big to. Too big to cover in one hour. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I didn't even talk about beef ribs. You didn't talk about beef ribs. Okay, that's going to be another time. That's going to be a teaser to eight months from now. <laughs> eight months from now? <laughs> We're going to have a beef dip recipe or something tomorrow, next week. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about beef ribs soon. Promise. All right. Well, let's just take a quick break, guys. I'm Jay, your host of the Grill Coach Podcast. My co-host and I have created a new podcast where we aim to learn, teach, and share the amazing world of grilling and barbecue. I'm Frankie, and I'm here to learn tips and techniques to improve my outdoor cooking skills and to share those experiences so you too can have the opportunity to learn. You'll hear about the time I almost got fired for grilling tacos and about the first time I figured out how to light that charcoal grill. I'm Wes, and I'm here to teach some of the techniques that I've learned over the years to barbecue and grill. My goal is to learn new techniques and ways to cook outdoors. I want to build this community and share my journey with you. It doesn't have to be complicated or stressful to just enjoy the good stuff that comes with it. For me, it's all about having fun cooking outside for my friends and family. I'm here to share my grilling and barbecue experiences with you, the good ones and the bad ones. Even the time when I broke my favorite barbecue cooker and how it changed my life. And I want to teach. I want my experiences to be a guide for you to gain confidence when grilling and smoking. I want to learn from you cooks out there that are doing it well and they're knocking it out the park. So please listen to the Grill Coach Podcast. Join our community where we encourage people to cook outdoors with confidence so that you can create those memorable experiences where your friends and family enjoyed your food. And that's why our motto for this podcast is never miss an opportunity to get get outside outside and grill. You can find more information on thegrillcoach.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at thegrillcoach. And we're back to the Grill Coach podcast. Uh, thank you for listening to the beef episode. Uh, you know, as Jay said, way too big to cover in one episode, and we'll definitely revisit it. But plenty of great, uh, great comments and content from today. Um, but, and I, before we move on, I really just want to take a moment. Uh, to really thank all of our Patreon supporters. Um, thank it's you. Been a, yes, yes, thank you guys. Um, it's been a, you know, this support is super helpful in helping us keep up, uh, you know, website hosting, podcast hosting, and us being able to provide this great content to you. Uh, so thank you again. Uh, keep an eye out in your emails. We're going to be shooting out some special thank you notes to you, um, as well as uh, keep an eye out for your thank you gift. And for all of our new folks, please consider joining our Patreon. Check us out on the Girl Coach. Dot com um, and then 
uh, for all of our folks who do sign up through our Patreon, we'd love to send you a little thank you gift, uh, which is our neat temperature chart, uh, which is a uh, magnet you keep handy in your home. And it's a great way to reference appropriate cook temperatures for all different types of proteins, like our reverse air burgers, uh, which we are still on the lookout for folks on Instagram to highlight. Uh, and speaking of Wes, sounds like we have another great submission for our reverse sear grill challenge this month. We did. We did, Frankie. Uh, I want to select, or I wanted to highlight uh, Fire and Hops. They kind of, they tagged us in a in a post and um, they did uh, 4th of July re- reverse sear burgers. And he kind of did it up um, big like uh, most of our other uh, uh, submissions were. He did candied bacon. He did jalapenos, mushrooms, um, fresh tomatoes from his family farm. And uh, I want to point out, um, I, you guys are looking at this with me here, the, the color on these reverse sear burgers is spot on. That's, that, that looks perfect to me. What do you guys think? I can't take my eyes off that bacon. Yeah. That's <laughs> the beef episode. The looks great too. <laughs> no, you, you're right. It, it looks good. And even I feel like you see some, you see some of those charred lines and some of those crispy edges. Yeah, he did these on his pit boss, and then he had a little Weber grill um, that he used to kind of char them up. So he, he kind of cooked them indirect. The using... pit boss is a pellet cooker, is that correct? Yes, sir. That is a pellet cooker. And that makes it real easy, right? Yeah, so you can reverse sear on two different items. You can do your smoke on one of them and then get that up to a certain point and then move that over to your grill for direct cooking. So, so he ended up serving these burgers with uh, homemade mac and cheese and fries. And the picture that he posted is, uh, looks pretty darn good. And we'll make sure to uh, repost this on our, on our Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. You know, uh, when you reverse searing and if you're going to do that on two different items, check out our meat temperature chart. You know, we actually have a column on there on items that you do to take it to a reverse sear temperature. Look at that on thegrillcoach.com. And if you have two different devices like that, you got a great smoker and you got a great grill, you don't have to do them on the same one. So that, that, that works out good. And even I believe once you smoke those patties for a little while, and if you hold them, I think you want to kind of hold them and put them in something that's airtight and you let the smoke rest, and I feel like you'll get more flavor out of it that way before you sear them up. Rather than moving them directly from, say, the pellet cooker straight to the charcoal grill. Correct. Yeah, I don't think it has to be instantaneous move. Oh. Yeah, I think you'd be okay smoking it first. How long would you wait in between indirect and direct cooking in that? Probably say maybe as long as it took me to get my fire ready. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know uh, how the meat science and holding that meat at that temperature, or how that works, or because it's going to rest up a couple of a couple of degrees, right? It's going to go yeah. from you know whatever you took it off, maybe plus five, ten degrees from there. Yeah, it carries over. They call it they refer to it as carryover cooking. So yeah, it'll go a little bit higher still, but um, yeah, so we'll cook a little bit more. But and I think just the times that I've done it, you put it in an airtight container. Just to open the container and you smell inside. Yeah. I love that smell. (laughs) I feel like I need to go and make some of those right now. Man. All right. Well, thank you, Fire and Hops. Definitely appreciate you posting and tagging the real coach. 
I want to encourage all the other listeners. If you're on Instagram, if you're not on Instagram, get on Instagram. Put your burger on there. Tag us. And each month we're going to be coming out with a Grill Coast Challenge. And we want to get a chance to feature your product and what you produce on this show. So uh, feel free to reach out. And we look forward to hearing from you. Tag us at the Grill Coach. Well, guys, I definitely enjoyed recording an episode with you live for the first time. Hopefully we get a chance to do it more. Maybe we can get Frankie to move from sunny San Diego to Central Valley here. Uh, that's a that's going to be a tough sell. We need to make it you guys to move down to San Diego. <laughs> you seen the prices down there? Yeah, oh yeah no goodness. back <laughs> Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I have too many cookers to go down there. <laughs> but uh, definitely glad to record with you guys live. Look forward to, I mean, I look forward to recording you guys every week. So I just appreciate you know, the work that we're doing here on thegrillcoach.com. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that, hey, we're going to be doing this for a long time. So uh, stay tuned, stay with us, and thank you guys. Never miss an opportunity to get, get outside, outside and grill. grill. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Grill Coach. Also, check out our blog at thegrillcoach.com for more episodes of our podcast, as well as other great grilling-related content. <laughs> Oh yes, it's about that time to light it up and go outside. We're chilling, grilling up sides and drinks, rubs and recipes and cooking techniques. Outdoor cooking, grilling, smoke and barbecue. So much flavor to teach and learn and share with you. Grill Coaches Podcast to level up your game with Frankie West and Jay.